live from the old National Bank State Street Studio. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko on WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Me to the media. I think uh, a lot has to do with Clevenger uh, and that whole ugly situation. We're going to hopefully talk to Jesse later this hour. If not today, we'll do it tomorrow. Jesse Rogers covering the Cubs and Sox for us and for ESPN.com. All spring training long. All spring training long, excuse me, in Arizona. Clevenger will be allowed to be around the team. The investigation is ongoing, but he is not on the commissioner's exemplar. So he can be around the team. He's going to participate in spring training. As of now, Han reiterated that there was no way the White Sox could have known about this investigation before they signed him, citing confidentiality uh, issues. So uh, that was the White Sox statement initially when the story broke on The Athletic about a month ago or three weeks ago. And he was reiterating today that they did not know and they could not have known. 312-332-ESPN if you want to join Carmen and Yurko. Hope you're having a great Wednesday. We're live in the old National Bank State Street Studios. You can watch us on Twitch and join the chat there, twitch.tv, or download the app and search ESPN 1000 Chicago. Uh, We've talked a little baseball. We've had some fun with football. We gave you our quarterback rankings. That was a fun exercise. Um, Just the different tiers of guys and where we have the best of the best slated. And Yurko and I basically... Not working together, doing our lists on our own, had the exact same, no. you know, working independently. Eight guys in the yeah. difference maker, different group. orders, but yeah, slightly yeah. different. But those guys that are there deserve to be there. Absolutely, hundred percent, Yerk. Uh, we want to play some Justin Fields sound as well. He was on the part of my take podcast, so we can play a little bit of that. There's a new mock draft from Todd McShay with the Bears moving back. No surprise. So we can go through that list in a little bit. It's funny, like every mock, though, still has the Bears landing essentially with the same guy. Except that's why I like Schrock's yesterday, because it went back to nine, and it takes you out of the running for Anderson and Carter. It's like the only two names we see in most of these mocks associated with the Bears. I liked how Schrock got a little bit crazier yesterday, had the Bears going all the way back to nine in a big blockbuster deal with Carolina. Um, But let's play some Justin Fields sound. Was there a game last season... Where it all clicked for you. This is from the Pardon My Take podcast. Yeah, I mean, I think it was after the uh, Thursday night game versus Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that might have been the switch where we went like four weeks in a row scoring like 28 plus points. But um, I mean, yeah, uh, people don't usually look at look at it from this perspective. But, you know, we had a first year OC this year and, you know, he had to learn what we did well as an offense, what the O-line did well, what the receivers did well, what the running backs did well and what I did well. So. Um, you know, once we kind of all got that figured out as a whole unit, uh, we were able to, you know, put up, put up a lot of points on the board. So it was fun to see. And hopefully we can kind of start the year off like that next year and kind of maintain it throughout the whole year. If I would have told you, here, I'll do the whole uh, what if I told you thing, guys. If I would have told you on Tuesday morning, March, I'm sorry, March, Tuesday morning, October 25th of last year, that the Bears wouldn't win another game after that Monday nighter. I mean... No way, no how, right? First of all, it's like it's hard to lose 10 in a row in the NFL. It just is, isn't it, Yerk? It's kind of hard to do. Well, it's damn near impossible. I, I mean, can you imagine if I would have come in here and said, guys, guess what? They're not going to win again. They're going to be three and four, and they're not going to win another game. They're not going to win again. I would have loved, I'd love to go back in time and, and have that reaction and listen to the caller reaction from that day. I would love it. About how much you suck and what you da da da. But you're not a lunatic, though. 
it would be hilarious. They didn't win another game. With that said, Fields told the guys that there's excitement, even though the Bears are coming off a three-win season. You know, I think it is. Um, of course, you know, I finally have an idea of what our offense is. So instead of just, you know, training to throw outs, slants, just the basic routes, I know what, you know, what actions we're going to be using, what protections we're going to be using. So I can just focus on, you know, more in-detail stuff within our offense. So I think, you know, uh, me with the full offseason off with that, you know, with uh, knowing the information that I do now about our offense and what we're going to be running, I think, you know, there's a bunch of excitement for next year. And um, even the guys, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, you know, they're knowing what we're going to be doing, what we're going to be running. So, uh, I mean, they can focus on just the details within the offense and stuff like that and really just get that cleaned up. Uh, how about what you're working on in the passing game? Here's Justin Fields. Yeah, I mean, just focusing on my, my mechanics, especially right now. I uh, just started working out about a week and a half ago, so really just focusing on my, my mechanics because, you know, I mean, when you're doing 50-yard runs and you have to get up and throw the ball, I mean, I'm tired. Like, yeah. I'm tired. Like, you know, Luke knows that, so Luke usually tries to call a run, a run play for the running back uh, the next play, but, I mean, so maybe I have to, you know, just start running more throughout the season, but, I mean, I mean, there's some plays out there where I'm running around and I'm – I'm dead tired after the play. I'm <laughs> breathing in the huddle crazy. So, uh, you know, the guys know I'm tired, but, you know, just uh, working on my, my mechanics. So no matter how tired I am, just, you know, the ball coming out the same way. Uh, I'm doing the same thing with my body to where, you know, I can just, just get the uh, completion. So, yeah. Those 50-yard 50 run, 50 runs take a toll. They're exciting. Oh, they They're do. damn exciting, man. He had a number of them this year. Yes, he had a bunch of them. Number of big Broke runs. Broke a lot of long runs. I liked it. And here he's talking about that with the guys a little bit here. Uh, breaking free on runs when nobody can catch you. No. Uh, the first thing that goes in my head is, you know, don't take a big hit. Okay. Uh, you know, they've kind of instilled that in me. So it's like I'm making sure that, you know, I can get down safely and be able to get, get on to the next play. But, of course, you know, you have those situations to where, you know, it might be third down or you might be in the red zone trying to score a touchdown. But uh, So you might have to sacrifice your body one or two plays. But first thing that goes in my head is, you know, get down, don't take a big hit. And, you know, if I do see a crease in like a split second, then I'll try to stay up and go. But other than that, that's, you know, the first thing. I, I would totally uh, agree with the don't pick, take the big hit philosophy to avoid those at all costs, yeah. my friend. Please. You don't want to end up like Tua? Be careful. Be careful, Justin. As much fun as those runs are, it's like, oh, don't get hurt. Get down. Don't get hurt. Don't hurt anything. Don't hurt a shoulder. Don't hurt an ankle. Don't get a concussion. Chris put this one in. He, uh, uh, fields on foot fetishes? Hmm. Interesting. Like Justin Fields or not like well, Justin Fields? Okay, we'll so before, so before, you, what's the before you play it, okay? okay. Yeah. Do you Born want? Fetishes. Do you want? Like, is that a community that like you want to be a part? Yeah. Of? Does like, he need a part? Like, be a part you, of your group? Do you need? Do you guys have like a group? I'm not chat? in a group. Are you in like a like not a support I'm group? Not, because listen, I'm not shaming here. I'm not in a group. But, like, do you want to be like, hey man, we both enjoy this. Like, we listen, both watch the same movies. Like, I, what are you? Like? I, I'm involved. I, I I'm a member of one group. Okay, the the Adventures Club Bourbon Society of Greater Chicagoland. I'm a proud member. And if we happen to drink our bourbon with our feet, leave us alone. Well, yeah, so, I mean, and nobody's drinking their bourbon with their feet. Now, stop it. That's the only group I'm a part of. I'm not a, I'm not a part of any group. Like, do you want to know what other people no, are into? No, so you I guys don't. could be like, what are you going to share videos I don't. with him? I don't. I think it'd be cool if he said he does have a foot fetish, but I wouldn't, like, exchange notes with him. No, that's too weird. 
Like Rex Ryan might because he takes it, I think, to the nth degree. If the answer is if the answer is no, are you going to try to convince him next time that he should be a foot guy? Maybe that I might. I'm not going to say, "Hey, we're going to exchange notes," but I might try to convince him. Don't knock it until you try it. Is all I'm saying. I'm a member of no other group. Tell Uh, him about the beauty of an ingrown toenail. No, Mm. that's disgusting. uh, The context Mm, is uh, included in the the clip. Okay, here we go. Fields on foot fetishes. There was an interview that came out with Micah Parsons today. Kind of weird. What they, asked him, like, they asked him, like, what's one weird fact about you? Mm-hmm. And he goes, uh, I have a foot fetish. I love Micah oh. Parsons. He's like, I like toes. So <laughs> I could definitely hear that coming from Micah. You know, Micah's yeah. a different dude. Micah, he's not going to hold anything back. He's going to say what's on his mind. So I can definitely hear that coming from Micah. Mm-hmm. Are yeah. you a foot guy? I'm not a foot. I wouldn't call myself a foot guy. Okay. Not a foot fetish guy, you know. Okay, yeah. yeah. I don't but, just look at feet. I mean, you got to have <laughs> nice feet. Now, don't get me wrong. You can't have dogs just, just walking around. But, you know, uh, no, I wouldn't call myself a foot fetish guy. See, I, I'm a big fan of Micah Parsons. You know, we all are, right? But, but he admitted there. He goes, you can't have, you, know, you can't look at him and go, ooh, uh, sorry, ain't going to uh, work. No, you got to have decent looking feet. You got to have good looking feet. you're at the beach, you know. <laughs> That's right. You got to have good looking feet. He admits that. So Micah Parsons, Bigfoot fetish guy. But there's no club. I'm just wondering, like, if so now with this information, I might talk to studio. Does he drop like, in your rankings? I, I might be like, Justin, listen, you might not know you have a foot fetish, but you might. You said it. Got to have nice looking feet. Are you dropping him in the quarterback rankings? No. Okay. Not at all. Not at all. Micah might have went up a notch or two in my defensive rating. <laughs> now, Micah's probably already, what, number I don't know. I mean, can you name three defensive players in the league right now that you'd rather have over Micah Parsons? Probably not. There's not much place for Micah to go, right? I'd still take a healthy Aaron Donald probably more oh, than yeah, anybody. Of course you would, yes. I think Sauce Gardner's amazing. I've said that since he was in college, and uh, he just proved I, as a rookie. I, I don't know what happened to Jalen Ramsey, but at some point Jalen Ramsey was pretty damn yeah. good. Patrick Sertan's pretty awesome. Yep. Micah, Miles Garrett. Well, I mean, can you guys, name any of the guys coming off the corner? The Watts, the TJ Watt. Well, TJ's the guy that a good won. call. TJ's yeah. a good call. The Bosa brothers. Bosa. Yeah. Guys that are coming off the corner creating yeah, chaos. Probably can't name five guys yeah. that you'd rather have over Micah. You're right. No, I, yeah, I, but I, I'm I just saying like, you got to put the pass rushers in there for sure. For I'm sure. still thinking about the foot group. There's not like a neighborhood group you could join there's or something no, like that. I wonder if there's an official NFL foot group. There's no neighborhood watch while well, Rex is the captain. Is there now. a Northwest Indiana foot group, uh, Yurko, that you could, that you could turn? That yeah. I maybe you know, help Karma out with in if he's thinking about coming out that direction. I'm trying to think of my Twice the house, half taxes. That's right. The 219 foot club. Thinking about uh, it. Are you, in a, are you, uh, there's no other club. Yurko's a member of a country club. I'm a member of the Adventures Club Bourbon Society. We drink rye too, by the way. I'm not surprised. Uh, I'm a, a proud uh, member of the, um, well, the, uh, the, the Italian American club is, I don't even know if it's still open in Berwyn. Is it? Is it still open? My family was members there for years. I don't know any other clubs. Are you in any other clubs besides your country club? You're not in any other club, are you? I used to be a member of the Lions Club. No, were you? Yeah. No, you weren't. Got a key to the city. You're not. You're not in it. Yurko's in the... Uh, I was a member of the Sons of Italy. (laughs) Yurko's a a member of the We're Going to Pinehurst Again Club. You're in that club for sure. (laughs) I'm a member of the Sons of the Country that lives across the Adriatic Sons Sons of of Italy. Italy. Oh, God. The Kiwanis Club. Jake's in Bartlett on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jake? Not much, man. How are you guys doing today? Good. Good. 
Good, Yerk. I uh, I love you guys. I've been a long time listener. Um, I just have a problem when you you keep calling them a running back, man. Here, Why? My, 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 listen, my, who led the Bears? No, no, he didn't call him that. He said he's the Bears' best running. I back. said he's the Bears' best running back. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah, that might I be true. La- I think it's a lazy take, and I'll tell you why. When go, you have go a ahead, bottom, tell me. Go ahead. Let me hear. When, this. when you have a bottom five pass pro offensive line, right, and a top ten run run pro offensive line, as a twenty three year old quarterback throwing to Dante Pettis, <laughs> Equinemia St. Brown, and Nikhil Harry. Going 68 out the gate is the only option. Good luck to you. That's it, man. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. And and here, I'll take it a step further to Sunday when you saw the two top echelon offensive lines. Yes. And you can't look at me in the eye and tell me Justin Fields isn't bigger, faster, stronger than Jalen Hurts. Oh, no, I think think he's probably faster than than Hurts. Yes, I agree. Yes, what's your point? Yeah. So what my point is we got to get this guy the best offensive line we can this offseason. Put a cup, add a few weapons on the outside, mm-hmm. and we're, we're cooking with fire, man. We're, we're ready to go. What, I really, what, truly believe that. What in his passing attack last year um, leads you to believe that he's ready to take that step? Again, because he dragged Dante Pettis up off the street and took him for five touchdowns and 450 yards and gave him another year in the league. <laughs> that, that's why. You believe that's it? You believe that's it? Uh, I, I there was nothing big, else that you saw last thing, year. Man. There's nothing else that you saw last year that would tell you, hey, uh, the kids got it. And when you do put some stuff, which is, by the way, after I said he was the best running back the Bears had, what else did I say after that? I, I said don't know, now uh, had any cooking in the uh, right. But you 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 went on snap control and you snapped on me and you didn't listen. So what I said is, with better receivers and with a better offensive line that they're going to address in free agency, the things that I saw that I think made him a better passer, his ability to sit and look and go to different wide receivers and find a guy that he wants to go to, the ability to throw to a covered man and try to throw a guy open, those are the things that I saw that makes me believe that he's going to be a better quarterback. Those are the keys. But the fact that he led the team in rushing. Jake, thanks, buddy. Still makes him the Chicago Bears' best running back. It's not lazy. It's a fact. And if, 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 if giving you factual information is lazy, then I'm the laziest bastard in the world, and no, I got no, no problem no, with it. Not true at all. No, I got no problem with it. And, Jake, you did give Dante two extra touchdowns. It was three. but no, he, he, five touchdowns. He did drag his ass off. Yeah. He gave him another year in the league. I love it. Well, I don't it know if he gave him three, another year in the league. Three touchdowns that for, do it. But for that's Dante fine. Pettis. Listen, he's, he's emotional about Justin Fields. Well, we all I are. like Justin yeah. Fields. I know. We're on record. We don't we're want to be on record saying we like him. But saying that he's your best running back last year is not a – it's nothing – I, why why it irks him so much? I, I might say just to, to do that. Just I, to still, irk him I still think Justin needs to get better. Just and to I get think the things that we've talked about will help. Right. Yes, you need. You would love to have a line that looks like Kansas City's or, or Philadelphia's, of course. And to have some of those weapons that those quarterbacks have, that should help him get better. Uh, I, but, you know, I, I still think it's fair and within the realm of fairness and objectivity to say. He still has to get better as a passer. There are still things he has to do to evolve as a quarterback in this league. I don't think that's unfair. I don't think it's picking on him at all. It's Carmen and Yurko. We'll be right back. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Draft like every day. I love it. Yeah, it's yeah. only what, 85 days away? 
Something like that. It's a long time. Yeah, well, plenty of time to go over all these mock drafts. McShay's got a new mock draft out. Does he? He's got the Bears moving back. I love it. I do, too. Here's what he writes. Indianapolis has entered. I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum already, right? Indianapolis has entered each of the past five seasons with a different starting quarterback, opting for veteran options in free agency and trades. Andy was number 27 in total QBR last year. And the offense was at the bottom of the NFL in points per game, just 15.8. GM Chris Ballard will be eager to jump the line and land the top quarterback on the Colts board, whomever that ends up being. The Bears should be listening to offers. They have their quarterback in Justin Fields and can still land a standout defensive player and a trade back while also picking up additional draft capital. Matt Miller actually projected the Colts to move up to number one in his mock last week, too. It just makes too much sense. The return could come down to just how desperate the quarterback needy teams get and how much they fall in love with a specific passer. But I'd expect the Bears to receive something in the ballpark of the number four. Now, this is a trade with Indy, right, Yerk? Yes. Number four, second rounder, which would be number 35, and you're basically making up for the pick you gave away to the Steelers. A fifth rounder and maybe even an additional round one selection in 2024. So that's the framework of a deal. Andy selects Bryce Young. Texans are next. He's got him going with C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. Cardinals out of Ohio and, State. Out of Ohio State. Cardinals and Bears probably Defensive not in the market lineman. for quarterbacks, right? They just signed Kyler Murray to the extension. Bears seemingly have their guy that they're going to build around on the rookie deal, which is great. Uh, Will Anderson Jr. to Arizona. Jalen Carter, the Bears. And he writes, in this scenario, the Bears move down, pick up more picks, and still manage to get a player. They might draft number one if they stay home. That's a solid Thursday night for Jim Ryan Poles. Carter's production might not wow you. Six sacks, 16 and a half tackles for loss over the past two years, but he dealt with knee injuries. This season, it was behind numerous first-rounders on Georgia's 2021 depth chart. Make no mistake, Carter's the real deal. He fires off the ball and uses his excellent strength to push blockers backwards. Then he's got, let's see, Tyree Wilson going to the Seahawks, Miles Murphy out of Clemson going to the Lions. Boy, Lions loading up on that D-line again. Can you imagine if they hit again with another D-lineman after what they did last draft? Oh, yeah. I can imagine. Man, with Hutchinson. Who's the other kid? Houston, right? Who's the other young kid they had? Planet Houston. Wasn't his name Houston, right? Yeah, it was like the fifth, sixth-round pick was injured. like in the sixth round. He was injured for most of the year, came back and played in like the final seven, eight games and had a ton of sacks. Yeah. ton of sacks, yeah. Can you imagine if they get another stud? If um, if Murphy turns out to be a stud, like if they get another one on that D-line, man, Detroit's doing it right. Build uh, through the lines. Build those lines, man. What'd they get for Hockenstein? I don't, you know, off the top Hockenstein. of my head, I don't know. I got to look. I don't know off the top of my head. I'm going to look at that. That, that. I mean, that was a nice trade. Hey, you can have our best tight end, Minnesota. We don't think it's going to make a difference for you. Th- their offense was awesome in the second half of the season, you know? Uh, especially at home. I mean, there are some pretty dramatic home road splits, but I think they had a, a tight end that was behind them that they thought was close, so the replacement value might not have been there a hundred percent, but close enough to where, all right, I think we're going to be okay. He's got Skaronsky going uh, eighth. York. Well, that's about where Skaronsky's going. He's in that neighborhood. Yeah, Richardson to the Panthers would be. I, like, I, I can't imagine. I just, my lord, I don't know. 
I don't know. Any team drafting Anthony Richardson in the top 10, that would scare the bejesus out of me if I were that team. I'm sorry. I, just, I don't see it. Uh, anyway, let me try to go back here. Does he have – I don't know if McShay did. I think he only did – he only mocked up All the right. first round. This so. is what Detroit got, 2023 20, second-round pick and a 2024 third-round pick. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. That's really good. And going back, Minnesota received a 2023 fourth-round pick and a 2024 conditional fourth-round pick, depending upon how good Hawkinson did. So the Lions, I mean, you add picks there. They've got the sixth pick because of the Rams trade. Where's their pick? Uh, right around, they were one of the last teams out. So where's their pick, Yerk? Because uh, they have another first rounder, don't they? Or do they not? Do the Lions not have another first rounder? Don't I don't they, think they, so. They don't have their own? I thought they would have their own. They don't? That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, there it is, 18. I figured yeah. they, they were one of the last teams out. So sure. 18. So the Lions have six and 18. It's pretty good. It's good. They're doing it the right way. And they got an extra second rounder this year. Right. I still don't know about Goff. I mean, he did have a good year. I got to give him credit. He really played well at home, and their uh, offense was explosive at home. But I still have questions uh, about Jared Goff. Uh, and, again, Goff is the guy that can 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 get you but with the help of everybody else. But he's not the guy that's going to go out there and he's going to dominate. He was in our second tier. We both yes. had Goff in second that tier. second tier. Like the good quarterbacks – but if you got to win every week because of him and, you know, he's he's just not that difference maker, you know. He just isn't. Is he eventually Matt Ryan? Is that what he is? You know, Matt Ryan's Boy, got 62,000 yards. I don't even know if he's ever Matt Ryan. I mean, Matt Ryan was an MVP in this league. I'm not yeah. sure Jared Goff is even that good. I don't personally think he is. You know, Matt Ryan's still been, say what you want, Matt Ryan put together a pretty nice career. He was an MVP, went to a Super Bowl. They, find a, they found a way to blow it in epic proportion, let's face it. They did. But you just said it, too. Matt Ryan's got over 60,000 passing yards in his career. Guy's been a pretty damn good quarterback. I mean, I think it's a two-to-one touchdown interception ratio, a little be- bit better than two-to-one. I believe it is. You know, anytime he could pop an MVP uh, uh, campaign, let's see, Yerk. It is, you're better at math. Do this real quick. 381 to 183. So, so it's 3.8 to 1.8, yeah, so, right? Yeah. 3.8 right. to 1.8. It's better than two-to-one. Better one. than two-to-one, yeah. Guy's got a career quarterback rating of 93.6. He's still been a good quarterback. I mean, amassed a ton of yards. Easier to do in this era. I get it. I mean, you know, he threw for 4,000 yards in like 10 straight seasons, for crying out loud. What we wouldn't do. What we wouldn't do is Bears fans for one. Guy ripped off like 10 straight 10,000 yard seasons. I'm not sure Goff's even ever going to be Matt Ryan good, to be honest. But uh, and, he, and he was good this year. I mean, he silenced some of his critics. He was good, and their offense was good, and it's taking steps in the right direction. But I think, more importantly, Detroit's doing it the right way by what they've done on their O-line and D-line these last couple of years, both in the draft and in free agency. Took a little time. Yeah, sure. But well, they started to come to fruition. Yeah. Come on, you're right. Mike's in Oregon, uh, Oregon and Illinois, that is, on ESPN 1000. Hello, Mike. Hey, guys, how you doing? Great. How good. are you? Great. Uh just an opinion, or I want your opinion, is if the Bears were offered by the Texans to trade up from two to one, would they mightly, likely give that 12th pick two instead of getting future picks? Um, I doubt it. So you're saying would Texans give them both picks just to move up to number one, right? That's what you're asking? Right. Right. Boy, that's a that's a big price to pay, Mike. What do you think, Eric? Would a team go? Would a team give you tw- two and twelve to move up to one? 
Let's no. look at the value no, sheet. No, uh, the value not. sheet dictates absolutely not. I think no way. Yeah, you're not going to get that. You can get two first round. If the team goes from like nine to one, you could probably get a ninth pick and a 24th pick. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That that value starts to even up a little bit. The value of those. It's only a 400 or 300 point drop, right? So remember, number one pick is worth 3000 The value, Yerk, of two and 12 is 3800 Yeah, it's too much. So it's too much. Yeah. So I can't see that happening, Mike. It's You'd too much. You'd have to have a desperate team that's willing to go ahead and do that. You're more likely to get their first rounder next year. Uh, well, right? if they were willing to do that, you'd have to bring something back the next year. You'd have to give them a second-round pick ah, coming back yeah, next year. Yeah, that makes year. sense. That makes sense. So if you're going to get, you know, 9 and 20-something, you would do that. But this one is the 2 and 12. Yeah. So you did that 2 and 12. You'd have to be bringing a second-rounder back to even up the points. Yeah, it's just way too much. How much is it? 48? It's 3,800 in points. And 800 is what? 800 is what pick in the first uh, round? 800, Yurko, is uh, you're talking about the 21st pick in the draft. Yeah, so. Too much. Uh, yeah, it's way too much. Yeah. I don't think a team would be careless in doing that. They're not going to be They have frivolous. a new regime down there now. If they were desperate, though, as long as you're willing to give them a second the next year, a team that's desperate, you might be able to pull it off. Mm-hmm. Team that absolutely needed a quarterback, mm-hmm. and they were, they knew you might be able to pull it off. But that's the two and twelve scenario, not the nine and twenty two scenario. Can you pull that off with nine and twenty two? What's disparity um, there? Yeah. So what's the ninth pick worth? The ninth pick is worth thirteen fifty, and the and the twenty two pick is three eleven. It looks like that's twenty one thirty in value. York is seven eight short. So that's twenty one thirty. That in would value. be short. You'd be short of the three thousand. You'd be short of the three thousand. You'd have to get more, maybe a player Consider- in that scenario. Considerably short. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did I do the math right on it? Yeah, twenty one thirty. Yeah. So. All right, coming up, uh, Yurko, by the way, is fired up with uh, something that is uh, off of the front pages of the NFL. But I do want you to share your passion on that coming up next. We're going to try to get Jesse in today. If not, we'll talk to him tomorrow. Rakan was meeting the media. Clevenger as well out in Arizona. Jed Hoyer met the media earlier today as pitchers and catchers start reporting to the Cactus and Grapefruit Leagues. 312-332-3776. Not on the draft. McShay's latest mock, what the Bears should get, what they can do. We're going to be doing this all offseason, guys, or at least the next couple of months. It's the most important offseason in Bears history, certain modern Bears history, as uh, they control the board. They got the number one pick. They've got the most money in free agency. So there's going to be a lot of this. It's Carmen and Yurko. We'll be right back. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. Carmen and Yurko are back. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports. That guy was mad about something. A lot of angry people in the world today, Carm. A lot of goofiness. Yurko uh, was quizzing me on something. Yes. And I got the first part of the question right. The second one, I was way off. Well, you know, my guy Greg Norman came under a lot of criticism last year, as did Phil Mickelson. Greg Norman's your guy? Yeah, my guy, Greg Norman. (laughs) He is my guy. I was always a big fan of his. I was, too, as a kid. You know, I have a shark hat. I still have one of those. I'm not surprised. A lot of people did. I used to have some of the uh, shark wear, too. Yeah? When we'd go to Myrtle Beach down in the early 90s, we had a little bit of shark wear when we were going down there. Yeah. But we are having fun. But there he came under criticism. It was the Saudi back league, the live golf, this, that. It raised some money, and, uh, you know, they were going to play for some money, and they got signing bonuses to go over. Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, uh, Cam Smith, a bunch of the guys went over. Bubba Watson is there now. Uh, but the criticism never stopped. 
criticism was continual. The PGA Tour wanted to ban everybody. But in response to what Live Golf did, the PGA Tour then said and announced, we're going to up our purses Mm -hmm. going next year because they've realized what Live Golf did and competition did. They had to raise the the money. They had to say, hey, we got to give more money to our guys. Otherwise, everybody's going to leave. That's normally what competition does. So I asked you a simple question. I go, what did Scotty Shuffler win for winning the 22 WM Phoenix Open? Last year, and I guess last year, and I think I guessed uh, one point two million. Yes, and it was one point four seven six million. With second place already shooting under a million dollars to eight hundred ninety three thousand. Right. Do you know what the winner, who's Scotty Scheffler, made this year? I guessed. Uh, I think I guessed two million. Two million. Two, did I guess three million? Two, two point something million. Yeah, I think two and a half million. I think I said. So he made one four last year. Yep. He made three point six million dollars this I year for winning the same tournament that. he won last year. A year later. Nick Taylor, second place, two point one eight million. <laughs> Third place, John Rahm, one point three eight million. Almost as much as the winner won last year. Wow. Justin Thomas, fourth place, almost a million dollars at nine hundred and eighty thousand. Now, all these players, including Rory McElroy, have been quick to criticize. Quick to criticize. Greg Norman, Phil Mickelson, uh, all the guys from the Live Golf Tour. If it was not for the Live Golf Tour, the PGA would have never of the PGA uh, tour, right. PGA tour, would never have felt the impetus to go ahead and raise the the purses the way they've raised the purses for the PGA tour players, which was one of Phil Mickelson's arguments before. These guys have the money; they just won't put them in the purses for us. Why won't they put it in the purses? It took them doing something else and throwing themselves on the barbed wire for these guys on the PGA tour. To be able to get the rightful amount of money they should be playing for in their purses. I am a fan of both. I love the PGA Tour. I watched the Phoenix Open. I, I like to live golf. It wasn't available, except online last year. Now it it's going to be available a little bit more. It will be. But, okay, it raised everybody up. Live golf guys got raised up, and now the PGA Tour players got raised up. They still criticize Phil Mickelson. They still go all after Phil Mickelson. Well, are they going after them still because... Uh, look, first of all, you're right about competition. Of course it's going to be... Let me finish my statement, and I'm going right, to give you this. Right, go ahead. When Phil Mickelson comes back there to play in one of the tournaments, okay, they should be kissing his feet. <laughs> like the modern-day golf Jesus, okay? Right. They should be kissing his bare feet. Because Phil Mickelson and the rest of those guys went and they got criticized and ostracized. Okay. All right. And who's benefited? Well, I the players yeah. that have stayed behind. Competition. The is players that have chosen not to go to live, and the other players that are now members of the tour because forty tour guys decided not to be a part of the tour. Okay. Every single day, they should thank the live golfers. Every single day, when they see the shark, they should give them a hug. The problem here, and say, "We love you, you Australian bastard, you. Yeah. You crazy, crazy man. Thank now, you. Now." What's the problem, the, Farber? Well, it's the, the 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 unfortunate part is where the money's coming from. Obviously, the I, I guess it's all blood money. Oh, that we've established that. You know, over if the you course. think Nike's not dealing in blood money, I mean, I'm you know, I don't exactly. know what to tell you. Yeah, I'm with you, brother. You know, yeah, all, everybody. I mean, I don't know if you've seen video from the Congo. I'm wearing Nike shoes. I mean, I, I, I so I'm sure this jacket's a Nike jacket. So, I, I don't li- I don't like the appearance. I shouldn't even say the appearance. 
It, the whole live thing has been a little unsettling because you you know uh, where that's coming from and who's backed it and what their stated mission is or not their stated mission, but what their um, sort of tacit mission, I guess, would be. And it's unpleasant. It's unsettling uh, knowing the atrocities of that family. Yeah, but it is all blood money. Competition helps, though. That's only natural. Yes, of course. This was going to happen when the PGA Tour had oh, defection the, after defection. Trust me, the PGA Tour did not want to have to raise the purses. Of course not. They had no plans on raising the purses, Carl. Of course not. Who's keeping that money? There. What, what does the PGA Tour do with that money? Well, they're theoretically... Phil the was complaining about yeah, it. Yeah, they're theoretically a charity. Right. Yeah. His point was PGA Tour doesn't really care about anybody but the PGA Tour. Right. They don't care. That players weren't maximizing what they... They don't you know, care the about they the... Should have right. They don't care about the individual player. Right. They care about the PGA about Tour. About the entity that yes. is the PGA Tour. Yes. Mm. So, not only that... Looks like Liv's going to survive. Is that right? Because of the TV deal and everything? I, believe, I mean, Liv's yes. I mean, they made no... here to they, stay. They had zero return on investment last year. Zero. Everything they put in was invested. They had zero percent monies coming back. That's going to change with TV money? Theoretically. Okay. We'll see, I guess. But it's it looks like it's here to stay because a lot of those guys are still on that yeah. tour plan, oh, yeah. right? Is there litigation going on still? In uh, Europe, there's litigation going on right now with, the, uh, with the tour out there. Will will these guys that are on that tour play in the majors? Do we know that if yet? If you've qualified for a major, if you've qualified for the Masters, yeah. you're, you're a former champion. Of course, you, of course you got your invitation. And the, they, like Augusta can do whatever it wants. Like, they, they do their own thing anyway. Their but. problem is top 50. Top fifty on the uh, on the world golf rankings. Oh, because they're not top eighty. Because they're not getting points. Uh, That's yeah. why they still go play on the DP tour uh, in uh, in Europe. That's what they call their tour. The DP tour. DP, I named after something. I don't know what. Right. I believe it is. But uh, that's why they wouldn't play those. That way they uh, they had five, six guys finishing the top 10, 12. That way they can still earn world golf ranking points so they can play in the majors. And remember, the U.S. Open is not run by the PGA Tour. Uh, no. It's yeah. run in conjunction, right, conjunction with the PGA with, Tour. Sure. So the USGA runs that. Right. The Open is run, obviously, by the Royal, Royal and Ancient. Ancient. Yeah. And the uh, Masters the, is run by Augusta. Yeah, and the PGA uh, Championship is run by the PGA of America. Not the PGA Tour. That's different. The PGA of America is the teaching pros, right? Yes. That's who runs that tournament? Yes. Yeah. And then the PGA Tour somehow just sort of is like this body over well, all well, of the, them? No, they realize that those are the, these are the tournaments that the players are going to play in. Right. So let's have an association and affiliation with these tournaments. Right, yeah. Did you guys notice watching the Phoenix Open over the weekend that it's almost everything that the Live Golf Tour wishes it was? What do you mean, Chris? Well, like the fanfare, the excitement, oh. uh, you know, on the different holes where you have the grandstands, it's if the guy lands on the green, you get cheers. And as it starts to roll, yeah. people start booing. And it's just yeah, that, okay. a festive atmosphere and everyone's having a great time. And it feels like the, the Phoenix Open to me as the just model? a casual golf observer is fun because yeah. it's it's different. It feels different. And right. if they could duplicate that in different spots, that would be helpful, I think. And I think you think that's what Liv's going for, right? Yeah. They want aren't, that aren't they supposed atmosphere? to be like renegades oh, and fun I, yeah. and different and this isn't your same old boring it, it, golf tournament? You don't have to wear uh, pants. You can right. wear shorts when it's 95 degrees in the summer and but you're like playing when golf. When you get that in the, the, the stadium, on the stadium hole on 16, yeah. right? And yeah, yeah. you have the fans going nuts and booing guys who are not landing on the green. Like, that's fun i think that's what they want you're right they play we, we were at the event at rich harvest i mean they, they play, they're blaring music as you're right, walking right, into right. the venue yeah. i mean it's 
Yeah. They definitely want a different type of atmosphere. If there's one PGA Tour event that they are trying to model it after, obviously what happens in Phoenix is what they're going for. Right. Obviously. Yeah. But that's not replicated anyplace else in the PGA Tour. It, nope. No, and it, it's, said, it's, it's so one difficult spot, it's to one do. It's only. Of course Right, because there, there's not the same grandstand. There's not the stadium hole. There's there's all this uh, different yeah. stuff that you can't duplicate. But, the stadium course helps because they were designed yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah right? the mounding, the mounding. They were designed. But, you, but you, they do they, they do put up a whole thing around it, Carm. Well, but I mean, they, didn't they design they, those right. stadium but courses with it, the, right. the idea of bigger Na- fan? But natural mounding is what they went with so people could sit. Oh. They've actually come out and they've constructed oh, okay. all this stadium-type feel around that right. specific hole. That's like you. So you yeah. walk through the stands up underneath, right. and you come into the stadium of the 16th hole. Ah, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. and if you look at years back, a long time ago, it wasn't like that. Okay. And then it started to get a little sillier and sillier and sillier. Then they're like, well, let's do this. Mm. And like, when they started doing this, that's when it went crazy. Like, it really is a fun golf tournament oh, to watch. Gosh. I mean, and everybody says, everybody yeah. who's ever been there says it's the greatest thing ever. Of course. Know? It's like a bucket list sporting. And I don't know how many golf venues slash tournaments are like true bucket list things. And it, it, it seems to be for all of us that have never been there. I definitely want to check it out someday. I've never been to that tournament live. Well, your so. number one would be the Masters. Yeah, that's up there. There's not many. Masters. Ryder Cup would be Wait, one I've of those. Been to a Ryder Cup. I've been to a Ryder Cup, too. But um, my point is, I think Ryder Cup would be up on that. If not one many. Could get to the Open. Maybe an Open. An Open, like at St. Andrews. Yeah. I mean, nobody ever says, geez, I can't wait to. I got to get to the PJ Championship. This. No, I don't think nobody so. ever says yeah, that. I don't, like, yeah. Nobody ever says, I got to get to the John Deere. You yeah. know, it's like, eh. Man, I'm going to Silvis this week, finally. <laughs> get to cross it off my list. No, nobody you know, says that. Uh, like, you know. Going to the memorial would be fun, but it's not a bucket list item no, by any by stretch, stretch of the imagination. Yeah, no, no, never. Carmen never. and Yurko, crosstalk coming up in 15. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Carmen and Yurko are back. This is Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Crosstalk with Waddle and Sylvie coming up in 10 minutes. And Meller is in for Sylvie the rest of the week. Scott's in Orange County on ESPN 1000. What's up, Scott? Hey, guys. Um, on my way to uh, the Genesis tomorrow for the first round. Nice. Call me call me crazy. What do you think? Uh, you think I should ride Tiger for the prop bet to win it, or just call me crazy? That's just out of control. I might There's no I might say you're crazy, <laughs> but enjoy it. Enjoy it, Scotty, going to uh, the Genesis. Tiger, remember, was hurt a couple of years ago after this tournament. Remember, it was after the Genesis. Oh yeah. He's a Monday morning appearance somewhere. He was doing a thing for Golf Commercial. Channel, right, yeah. where they were taping. So I think David Spade was part of one of them. There was someone else, another celebrity. They were doing a thing for the Golf Channel. Uh, let's see, the Genesis. I don't even know what Tiger's odds are. I just want to look real quick. Tiger. Uh, oh, here he is. Uh, plus 12,500. Hundred so, so one hundred twenty-five to, to one. One hundred and twenty-five to one is Tiger Woods. Mm. When's he tee off? I'm not betting that. I'm sorry. Even for the big payouts, think Tiger can ever win again. Think that leg can 
Can he navigate well, I, forward? I, I think he can win again. Yeah, yeah, I think the talent's there. I think he's, when he gets to the cha- the tour, what do you call it? The Champions League? Or what do they call the old for the old guys? The what Champions Tour. Champions Tour. Yeah, Champions, Champions tour. League. The Champions Tour. He'll, you know, I, I could but, see that in a few years ago and dominate t- that tour. I talked to Furyk. Furyk said you still need to be playing a lot. Yeah. You still need to be grinding. You still need to be working on your shot. He goes, Yurk, it's not an automatic. That I'll get there at fifty and I'll just start rolling. It's because there's so many good players. Now that he are... did win his first tournament, two tournaments he's played, but he hasn't yeah. topped the money list. Yeah. He hasn't, you know, rock and rolled like one would think. Hey, a top four player in the the world used to be able to dominate when he gets up there with the same guys his age. Because you still got to work on your craft. Mm-hmm. You know, birdies don't just roll in. You've got to yeah. you got to grind, 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 grind. Still good players. You're close, yeah. I could see that. But he goes, it's not automatic that Tiger gets there and all of a sudden he rolls through the field every single week. Boy, we got uh, we were treated to that that 2019 magical run at Augusta. It might be the last time we see Tiger in all his glory, you know. I think it'd be a great story if he could find a way to grind and still hold up physically over four days on a PGA Tour golf course against that quality of player and compete and win. But the odds will tell you pretty much all you need to know. Here, Cap. Well, um, uh, did you hear the bet cap? Uh, uh, this guy's unbelievable. No. He had a free play during the points bet power hour, which they uh, you know cap and I use points bet. That happens every day at five, and he had a free play in his account. He used it on a whim. He's looking at the last Thursday when they started the waste management, right? And Jason Day was the first round leader. And he only bet it because Mindy had done an appearance with him once at Melnati's for something. And she said he was really pleasurable, uh, a really, pleasurable. Ple- really pleasant guy. It was a pleasurable experience. Ooh, okay. Yes. Mindy pleasure. No, I'm kidding. He, Mindy had said <laughs> that Jason Day was like about? super pleasant and just nice and kind. So, so Cap looks at it and he goes, hey, I'm going to put down 100 bucks at 70 to 1 on Jason Day to be, to the, be first. the first round leader. What the hell? I wonder why he's on vacation renting a house in Montego Bay, for crying out loud. Jamaica. <laughs> what the? Uh, who should we bet for first-round leader? I, can Cap do it two days in a row? Speaking of crazy bets, did you hear this? This is wild. There was an old Seinfeld episode. Yeah. Where Jerry wrote down something on an... Uh, he woke up in the middle of the night. Because as a comedian, he always had pen and paper nearby, right? You never know when inspiration's going to hit, Yerk. Right. And he was waking up in bed. He had a dream about something funny and he wrote it down. Well, the premise is he can't read his chicken scratch handwriting because it was in the middle of the night and he can't remember the joke. So this is the episode where George goes to see the holistic healer, Tor Ekman. And Jerry gives him the note. He says, listen, Tor, you're a Zen. You're in touch with the nature and the universe. He goes, I can't read this. What does it say? And Tor starts cracking up, but he says, oh, yeah, that's funny. It says Cleveland 117, San Antonio 109. Okay, NBA game. Some guy, who knows if this stuff is made up anymore. Like Black always says, these guys could be fudging all of this. Who the hell knows? Some guy claims he went, I think it was DraftKings. Where'd he go? Oh, no, he was on FanDuel. Some guy goes on to FanDuel. He predicts the score of the points uh, of the, excuse me, he predicts the score of the Cavs Spurs game, exact score one seventeen one oh nine at odds of plus twenty six thousand. Wouldn't you know that game hit? And here's something else: it's not the first time that it's happened. The ninety one Seinfeld prediction actually came true in two thousand nineteen in a Cavs Spurs game. It's got to be Cavs and Spurs in which Cleveland won 
117 to 109 in overtime. So the next time the Cavs and every subsequent time the Cavs in the Spurs play, I'm putting five dollars down on the exact score to be 117 to 109. This just happened. Just happened. What do you think of that? I think that's crazy, Carl. <laughs> I'm trying to find your leaderboard from last year, this Genesis, Genesis Invitational. Two years ago when Tiger your got hurt. does not care. <laughs> yeah. It was two years ago when Tiger got hurt. Remember, right? Wasn't that Feb 2021? I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. Your could not have ago. given yeah. less yeah. of a crap Carmen's like, what? I'm trying to find out who your leader's going to be. <laughs> this guy's sitting there pontificating. That game was Monday night. I'm not pontificating. I'm reading a story. How is that pontificating? Well, it was pontificating to me. Hilarious. All right. So 63, Joaquin Neiman shot last year in the first round. Oh, you go. Oh, you're. Oh, because you're going last year. I got go from past experience. I got you. Joaquin Neiman fired a 63. He fired twin 63s to start the tournament. Cameron Young fired a 62 on the second day. Who did? Did Joaquin Neiman win? God, you go 63 63. He was minus 19. He did end up beating uh, Colin Morikawa and Cameron Young. So there's your. I'm trying to go down in the field to see if somebody else sparkled with the round there. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Because betting those guys, eh, you're not going to get a lot of return for first round leader. First round leader, Rom, 20 to 1. McElroy, 22 to 1. Scotty Scheffler, 25 to 1. Uh, Morikawa, 35 to 1, York. For first round leader? Yeah. Well, he shot 60 something last year. 35 to 1? That might not be a bad deal. How's his form? I don't know. I don't watch a ton of golf this time of year, really. I haven't what's, watched What's a lot. Joe Keen Neiman? I, I don't even see I don't even see Joaquin Neiman on here. Oh, what a shame. Is he in the field? He was last year. Chili, he won this thing. Could be injured, Carm. I don't know. I, I do not see him on. Well, what's Cameron Young? Uh, Cam Young is 45 to 1. Oh, first round leader? Yeah. He shot 62 in the second round last year. Yo, how about Victor Hovland? That's not the first round. Uh, 40 to 1. First round. He shot 64 on the second day yesterday. You're giving me second round. Okay, you're not listening. They play four rounds here. You've got to find somebody that has the ability to go low at Riviera. All right. That's all I'm trying to find you. you. I'm not looking at guys that are shooting 68. Should I go more? 68s don't go low. 68. Should I go Morikawa at thirty-five to one? I'd go Morikawa at thirty-five to one. Why not? I I kept a few shekels. No, don't go Morikawa. He only shot sixty-five. No, he doesn't have the ability to go low. Sixty-five. Neiman went low. Victor Hovland went low. Those guys are the guys that are going low. Justin Thomas shot a sixty-four. Uh, you know, th- those are the guys you're looking for. Guys that shoot under sixty-five. Yeah, Jason Day's now fifty to one. You can forget about Jason A.B. and 70 to 1 after yeah, last. Those week. days are gone. He's Carm. 50 to 1. Coming up next, we're going to cross talk with Waddle and Sylvie. Little Johnny's got the final word brought to you by Bath Planet. Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? You had to open up your mouth. Today's final you word. Had to have a last word. On Carmen and Yurko. I said he's out. He's having a good time. A little shrimp cocktail? Exactly. That's what she had. So first thing this morning, (laughs) shrimp cocktail. (laughs) They don't call me little Johnny for nothing.